Hey there, it's Ariel Hawani, one-third of the fastest-growing show in combat sports. I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3 Puck. Join us on the Spotify Live app after every UFC pay-per-view and become a part of the best community in mixed martial arts. Or, if you can't make it, check out the Ringer MMA Show podcast exclusively on Spotify. See you then. Love yous. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. If you're thinking... I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And today, we are going over all the winners and losers from the first week of the preseason. And look, preseason, if it confirms your existing beliefs, really important and meaningful. If it defies what you already believe, it's just preseason. Who cares? So that's why it's nice. We could do winners and losers. It's all good. It's everything you want it to be and nothing at the same time. But in all seriousness, it is kind of meaningful because, look, I'm not saying like, you know, the stats are important, but you're seeing how coaches are rotating players. You're seeing the depth chart in action, not just what they're saying, what they're doing, who's resting, who's not. That part matters. So with that said, we're going to go into winners and losers with that. And I want to start you guys right off the jump here with what I thought was the biggest loser of preseason week one was Jonathan Taylor Ooh. for the Colts. And he did, this doesn't even have anything to do with what happened in the game because he didn't even play, correct? Yes. This is true, so I'm probably already cheating the exercise to begin with. But <laughs> no, it still matters. But the Colts head coach Frank Reich said this, and I thought this was crazy. This is per Stephen Holder at ESPN, and Frank Reich, who's the head coach of the Colts, said, "Quote: The goal is not to lead the league in rushing. The goal is not to make Jonathan Taylor the MB MVP of the league. The goal is to win championships. He knows that. We all know that. That's what we're about. You don't see teams that have this ground and pound run game win championships. You just don't. I'm sure it's happened with one or two teams, but our best formula is mm. to be balanced." I'm not saying he won't lead the league in touches because you never know how things are going to play out, but I almost don't want him to, end quote. Can we get him to talk to Pete Carroll for a minute? Um, <laughs> no, I, this checks out, though, too, that he totally believes this because even after trading a first-round pick for Wentz, they went and traded him anyway uh, just because they don't believe in him. They don't think he can really... Um, give them what they want, especially in crunch time, especially in, in the third and fourth quarter when it really matters. And this is part of the reason that, as you said last year, they just leaned on on Jonathan Taylor all year long. Like It's probably most of the reason, to be honest, right? Right, because I don't think they trusted Carson Wentz to not turn the ball over. And um, it's almost like he's just explicitly speaking of like what happened in the second half of last season. It's like, you're not going to win a championship trying to run the ball. They were running 60% of the time in the down the, in the, basically the final third of the season, which right. would be number one by a lot. So on one hand, I think it does kind of make you pause about Jonathan Taylor being the number one running back. You cannot expect the same type of volume that we saw last year. On the other hand, I don't know if I'm really buying all this Naheem Hines stuff where he's going to come in and like really steal a big workload from Jonathan Taylor. Like we see, we hear this shit every offseason. I swear to God, we, we heard this last offseason. Um, and it just doesn't happen because when the chips are down, when it's a close game, the coaches are going to play the guy who's really fucking good in Jonathan Taylor. That's just how I feel. But like, I think it is something that at least makes me pause about putting Jonathan Taylor at number one, right? Like that's kind of the main deal. Craig, would you put Christian McCaffrey or someone else over Jonathan Taylor at number one? Yeah, I think it's probably McCaffrey, but I kind of think we were already there anyway. I I agree with DK that 
I don't think this is the reason why I'm now dropping him below McCaffrey. It's just the fact that last year happened. It didn't matter what Frank Reich said yesterday or whenever he said it. Like J- Jonathan Taylor nearly doubled every other running back and rushes inside the five last year. I just like what the odds of that happening again are very slim with Matt Ryan at quarterback. So yeah, I think McCaffrey's more well-rounded, and if he's healthy, I think he'll have a better season than Jonathan Taylor. That's a big question. I though. think I, I'm there too. I'm hopping off healthy? the train. Not hopping off the train. I'm bumping Taylor to two, and my rank. I'm going to put Christian McCaffrey number one because again, it's really kind of a Myers Briggs test. Jonathan Taylor is much safer, but Christian McCaffrey, like points per game, is like the best fantasy player ever. But here's where I'm at with this: the Jonathan Taylor thing. Exactly what Craig just said. Jonathan Taylor had like 30 carries inside the 10 yard line. It was like one of the 10 most of the last 10 years. And it's just not going to, because what happened was the Colts halfway through the season were like, holy cow, Carson Wentz sucks. And we cannot trust him to not turn the ball over. We're going to feed it to Taylor and it worked, but they're, that's not their offense now with Matt Ryan. And I, it's, it goes back to one of the reasons we love Michael Pittman. I love Michael Pittman because they're going to pass more. The flip side is Jonathan Taylor to me. I don't think he's like this just because he's been the indisputable number one for a lot of people, I think that there's, he's not like some invulnerable guy to be the number one running back. He's just a really, really, really good bet to be a top five running back. But to me, that's a big difference between Christian McCaffrey, who I think like seven out of every 10 games McCaffrey's played, he's been like a top six running back or something like on a weekly basis. And it's like, that's not Jonathan Taylor. And so I'm at the point now where it's not like this Frank Reich quotes changing anything for me. I think it's just kind of crystallizing. Like this isn't how they want. They don't want to play the way that made Jonathan Taylor such a good fantasy player last year. But like, I also, I I wouldn't be shocked if week one, Jonathan Taylor has like 27 carries for 175 yards. You know what I mean? I'm bumping him down all the way to number two overall. It's not some (laughs) slap in the face. This is so funny to me because literally like nothing has changed. <laughs> like no, I think materially has changed since the beginning of the offseason. Like the reason we had McCaffrey two and Jonathan Taylor one is McCaffrey has been hurt for the last two years. Like there's a reason he's not number one. If that hadn't been the case, his his ut- utilization, his usage, his touches, it, the way that he's used in the passing game, like makes him the clear cut number one. It's just a matter of the fact that he hasn't been healthy, and that's what scares people. Now, as we get closer to drafts. Maybe people are just feeling braver. I don't know. Like maybe that's just they're feeling more emboldened of the fact that he hasn't been hurt yet. I'm in on Christian season. McCaffrey doing the the stretching and he's doing twice as much stretching. I think that's I like where that. That is actually meaningful. Yeah, it's not some big change because look, even when we did our running back tiers episode, we were saying like this is the top tier. It's Taylor McCaffrey, and we've been saying it's it's a personality yeah. test. If you're yeah. looking at a draft as like I'm going to lose ninety percent of the time unless I go risk it to get the biscuit, you get McCaffrey. If you're like I don't want to screw up my first round pick, I'll take risk later. You get Taylor. I'm now, I'm usually in the not taking huge risks in the first round. I'm probably, McCaffrey's probably the guy that's like, you know what? I'm willing to do that this year. He's so flexible now. He's doing TB12. It's like, you know, how the, <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the college guy who all he does is like lift and bench and squat. And then he starts dating a girl and she gets him into Pilates and he gets way healthier and becomes more flexible. That's McCaffrey this year. <laughs> is that you? Are you trying to talk about yourself right now? I actually took Pilates in college. Fun fact. Yeah, you're freaking, you went to San Diego State. I don't, you're probably on the beach. Do they even have grades at your college? Uh, yeah, they do, DK, and I graduated cum laude. Okay. Oh, Did you take a wow. surfing class in college? No, they offered it, didn't take it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because oh, it was Friday mornings. I wasn't going to make it to the beach at 8 a.m. Isn't that, that when you surf? the douchiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I wasn't going to go to surfing. You know how early they get up? What the fuck it's like a 20 minute okay. drive. Okay, anyway. DK, give us a loser from the preseason. I'm just like, all right. So I actually want to talk about the games now that happened because I, like a real degenerate, watched every single fucking preseason game. You watched every single one? Well, I watched the condensed versions. Yeah. Um, Good for you. So, number one, like the big, the real big piece of news that happened this weekend, and I think it was Friday night, Zach Wilson hurt his knee. And there was about a 12 hour period there where everyone believed he had torn his ACL which, of course, was bad for Zach Wilson, but also kind of good, maybe, for everybody else on the team. Like, honestly, people were, like, talking... I think, at least my reaction, and, and I saw on Twitter, like, the reaction was, well, this might be actually kind of good that Joe Flacco is running this offense because he was able to distribute the All ball right, Well, it's so good much for fantasy. It's a disaster for the Jets. Well, that's why I said. It's bad for Zach Wilson. Good yeah, for everyone else Yeah, but it's not good. Jets fans are distraught. Oh, well, eh. you know. You know when you just kind of hear about an injury and you immediately move on? You're like, Zach Wilson tore his ACL. And you're like, all right. So 
So he did. So to be clear, but he didn't it, is the key. One important thing. So Monday night, we're recording this on Monday. Zach Wilson's getting his knee scoped on Tuesday. So right now he took like is like a meniscus. Depending on the meniscus and the the knee scope, it could be two to four weeks. It could be much longer, but we won't know right. that till right. probably tomorrow at the earliest. I think generally speaking, though, this is bad, like really bad for Zach Wilson, because this is such a crucial time for him to be developing rapport with all his receivers, getting himself more in tune with the offense, getting the experience. Like, I don't know, even know if he's going to play in, in preseason week two. Well, but like, he hurt last doing year. Doing all the practice. Well, yeah, like, he, so it's the same he hurt his knee. knee. Yeah, he, he hurt, hurt his, his knee, PCL, PCL and he year. missed like a month. And notably, yeah. all the Jets got way, to your point, DK, all the no, Jets got much better <laughs> with literally anyone else. They had Flacco, right? They had Mike White. Mike, yeah, Mike White, White came in and did better than him. And then um, Josh Johnson got signed basically off his couch. Yeah. Two weeks later, was better than Zach Wilson. That's not good. But it's the same knee, two knee injuries in 10 months. That's that's the scary part. Yeah. yeah. So overall, obviously, this is very bad um, You know, for Zach Wilson. But I think just in general, the long-term trajectory of the Jets, like, it's just going to take longer to figure out whether Zach Wilson's the guy now because now yes. he's going to be playing on a bum knee. Um, I, I, I assume that kind of probably is going to affect like his throwing motion. He already was having some issues with his mechanics. Like before he got hurt, like he sailed a pass like way over the head of of uh, Garrett Wilson. Like there's just so much to work on for Zach Wilson, and now this like really just slows down the, the timeline, and so that's tough. Um, it's also a non-contact. It didn't look yeah, good. he was just running in space. He tried to plant and well, he tried to juke a guy, and it didn't work. But honestly, he should have been going out of bounds. Either way, so for the Jets themselves, they're also the right tackle, Mackay Becton, who was the top player taken left in. tackle. Yeah, well, he got moved to he got moved to left before he got hurt. Yeah, so oh, right, right. right. Oh yeah, he got shadow benched. So Mackay Becton is out for the year with a kneecap avulsion fracture, which I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound never good. heard that before. Avulsion. Does not sound good. I don't want no. an. I don't want to fracture if my. If kneecap is in the name of the injury, it's bad. Okay. Kneecap's one of those things that you only think about when it's hurt. <laughs> um, but they signed Dwayne Brown, which is a very solid replacement, honestly. And so they're going to put him at left tackle. They're going to put uh, Noah Fant at right tackle. Uh, ironically, this was the same tackle combination, I believe, that played for the Seahawks for a minute. Um, which is never a good thing, but in this case, it's actually <laughs> the most sacked like quarterback solid. of all time. <laughs> you mean the one where Russell Wilson was like, I want to trade, and now the Jets have acquired <laughs> not, those players? I mean, you know, it's not the best thing, but like in, in terms of losing your left tackle, or in this case, your right tackle, Dwayne Brown, I think, is a good player still, and he, he, he'll he be a solid replacement. Um, to me, the big news really here is just this Zach Wilson thing is, is really tough. Um, again, not only for Zach, but like Elijah Moore, um, Garrett Wilson, if he's going to do anything this year, the running back situation is still kind of in flux. I just overall this offense to me, um, it just puts this offense in a really tough spot because it, it really hurts like the trajectory and the con uh, continuity and just like overall like where this this offense is going. It, it really puts a damper on things. Well, it's a, it's a catastrophe for the Jets for everything you said. They got to know about Wilson, Mackay Becton. I mean, he might never play again for them at this point for the Jets, and that's their top two picks the last two years, except for twenty two two. However, for fantasy. Is there a world where Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are better options now that they have Joe Flacco as an actual like competent like you know top forty five yes. quarterback instead of Zach Wilson who's pretty green, no pun intended. Is it like is, are you moving Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson down or up? Yeah, I would move them up honestly if if it's <laughs> Joe crazy. Flacco, which is I I know that sounds like really really terrible, but a lot of it too is just. Flacco's just more of a like a game manager. He's going to facilitate the the passing game. He's not necessarily really good, but he's going to get the ball out on time. He's going to put it in the hands of his playmakers. That was like, that was a problem for Zach Wilson. Like a lot of times, Zach Wilson was not only having issues with his mechanics and having issues with with pressure, but like just not checking it down, not getting the ball out quickly. He was trying to take off, run, and makes things that make things happen out of structure. All this stuff. It just like makes the offense so. Uh, fractured and chaotic, you know what I mean? And, and a guy like a veteran like Flacco, if he's not even, even though he's not that great, like at least he can kind of like keep things on time. Does that make any sense? Like I, that's kind of the reason I think, um, you know, I, I don't, I didn't actually end up moving these guys up or down because it sounds like Zach Wilson's going to come back. Um, so what does this do to the Jets offense with like the running game? Because they drafted Brees Hall and they have Michael Carter. What does it do to the running game and, and fantasy? The other, and that's another big question here. And, and just switching back to fantasy only, like the the running game is going to be interesting because Brees Hall they traded up for him in the second round. He's a very talented, very complete, uh, well rounded skill set, like a very good prospect overall. Um, but, and again, this comes back to what what happens in the preseason actually does matter. Michael Carter got the start, 
Michael Carter ended up playing before Brees Hall. That might just be sort of like you have to earn your stripes before you're given the starting job, blah, blah, blah. We might see that happen as the year goes on. We saw that happen with um, with Jonathan Taylor when he was a rookie. It, this happens a lot. But I think for now, at least in the beginning of the season, we should expect probably a pretty good timeshare between Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Um, that clearly will limit the the ceiling of Brees Hall, and that maybe is a reason to move Brees Hall down a little bit in our ranks. Let me ask you a question. If next week Brees Hall starts in the preseason game, is everything we thought this week just in the trash? I don't think it's in the trash. It's just something where you have to adjust. Like right now, like we only can go off the information we have right now, right? Like if Brees Hall starts week one and plays 70% of the snaps, then like obviously we're wrong. But right now it's looking like the team, the Jets, see this as a timeshare. They see Michael Carter as a solid piece of their rotation. They want to get him looks. Um, and so that's like obviously... If it's if it's hasty to move Brees Hall down based off of one, the first game he's ever played in the NFL in preseason. Craig, I, I clearly explained this in the intro. If you like Brees Hall, <laughs> ignore it if it's preseason. No, I don't want Brees like Hall him. to be good. Like I, This is the opposite of that, though, Hype. It's like, I love Brees Hall, and I have Michael uh, Carter way, way down the ranks. But the fact that he's in there and splitting reps with him with the starters, and of course, they didn't play for very long, but like that to me is like a big red flag. So yes, I, do, I don't know if it's... I think it is maybe... It could end up being an overreaction, but it's not something you completely ignore either. Like, I'm not moving him down to, like, the 8th, 10th round or something like that. But um, I think it does make you pause a little bit that they're not just going to give Brees Hall, like, a 70% workload. This is the same situation we ran into last year with Javante Williams. Um, you know, because he's clearly... I think everyone who watches football is like, this guy's really fucking good. Uh, but the problem is, uh, Melvin Gordon's good too. And I think, as we saw last year, Michael Carter's pretty good. So I think, you know, the Jets, maybe they just don't have a big motivation to like put Brees Hall out there and like have him be the three down back. Okay. Enough on the Jets, a New York team who sucks. Uh, <laughs> the Giants also played. They're the other New York football team who sucks. I'm not really objective here. Does someone else want to talk about how Saquon Barkley looked? Because I am. Um, I'm, I'm I do. Objective. I'd like to announce that I am no longer objective because in my big fantasy football league, I drafted Saquon Barkley this year. I'm all in. <laughs> yes. So I am now officially a Giants fan. Um, but Saquon played in the preseason, which I don't know. Everybody joked about how horrible of a sign it was that Josh Jacobs played in week one and Saquon Barkley played. Nobody cares. I know it's very different, but Saquon's played six <laughs> preseason snaps in his career. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. And he played uh, in week one. I mean, he had very little run. He got like four carries for 13 yards and one catch. Right. But more importantly, he played well. He looked healthy. And Dayball has said that what he's trying to do with Saquon is to get him to run pretty much straight up the field, stop dancing around, trying to hit the home <laughs> run. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like he's he's starting to do that. And the Giants, um, I don't know, I, the, you know, the first drive with Saquon, they I think they got down to the seven-yard line. They ended up kicking a field goal. But they looked good. You know, they ran RPOs. They They spread the ball out. Moved, uh, had good tempo. So I think Saquon continues to go at, at, a, at a massive discount in drafts. And uh, I mean, this wasn't like a huge win for him or anything like that, mm -hmm. but positive sign once again. I, I, at this point, Saquon should be a first rounder. And like yeah. the fact that you can get Saquon in the second round is insane. And depending on your league, maybe the third, but like Saquon is a first round guy. And I think he's a league winning guy. He's a three down back pass catcher. And again, the injury stuff, it, it, it's just the people getting caught up on how he looked coming back from the ACL. He's fully back, as fully back as you're going to get. And again, my big, how much have I complained to you two about Saquon dancing? If they fix Saquon and they get him like, hey, it's okay to just get four yards and not try to get a home run, I, I, it's everything you could want from Saquon. It's the chip on the shoulder. He wants to prove it. You could almost make the case that if you had to pick any other running back to kind of replicate a Christian McCaffrey-like season this year, that's not Christian McCaffrey, I might pick Saquon. It is Saquon. Saquon is the guy I am targeting because he's basically not going at the correct price anywhere. No. I got him for like 36 in an auction because people are I, that, afraid. That's what I'm saying about Jonathan Taylor. And the reason I'm not taking number one, it's not because I think Jonathan Taylor will be bad. I'm, I'm saying Jonathan Taylor is probably, the reason everyone has him won is not because Jonathan Taylor is some separating guy from everybody else. It's that Jonathan Taylor is the best odds to be a top five running back this season. But do you guys actually, like, if I, like, Gun to your head, who will have more fantasy points this year? Jonathan Taylor, if they all play 17 games, Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley? Oh, if they play 17 games, each yeah. of them? Mm. I, I might still, still take Taylor, Taylor but it's, <laughs> it's very close. Depends on how much he gets used in the passing game, which is a big question mark in my mind. I think that, but the fact that we even had to think about it, Taylor's like, you can only get first. I'm like, Saquon, you can get 14th, 15th in some places. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, wow. Give me Justin Jefferson with like the fourth pick. 
fifth pick. Let me get Saquon, who I think is going to be a top three, top four running back this year in the second round. And you come back and get like, you know, we talked about Leonard Fournette. Anyway, that's how I'm feeling. I love Saquon. Hi, Fitz. Since you're so biased, but when you watched the first team offense come out, because this is to me the most interesting thing is when when they were playing in this preseason game, I was like excited. I, I thought they looked pretty good. I thought their offense looked pretty crisp, like Daniel Jones was looking solid. And then you get that contrasted with all these reports from uh, practice that the offense just looks like dog shit. I don't know what to think. Like, are we supposed to be excited about this Giants offense or are we supposed to be worried? So I think that there's a weird thing where sometimes the defense is just ahead of the offense during training camp. Yeah. And so sometimes the offense, like, like the, basically the defense is installing stuff earlier. And so the offense is like react. It's kind of an inverse, like the, at the core reason, other than just rule changes, the offense is at an advantage because they're acting and the defense is reacting in a strange way. In training camp, sometimes it's the opposite, if that makes sense, because mm -hmm. you're working on specific yeah, yeah. stuff, but the defense is more advanced. I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and say I'm excited for this offense yet, because I think Kenny Galladay... <laughs> um, That's tough. I don't think there's much hope for Galladay. Um, he just doesn't look great. Uh, it doesn't look healthy. And then Kadarius Tony's not practicing this week, and I just continue to God. not really see how Kadarius Tony's going to get make it through 17 games. God. I love Wandell Robinson as like a deep, like your last spot in your bench guy to be because I kind of think Wandell Robinson will just be the number one receiver on this team by the end of the season, uh, even if he's their slot guy. So we'll see. But I, for fantasy purposes, the Giants are really cheap. So there's no bad values on the Giants this year. No one costs you anything. And like you've said, like they could double their touchdown total from last year, and that exactly. would be an that would be a, an average return to the mean. Okay, well, when we're talking about Giants, the St I was in Pittsburgh for the Steelers game, Greg, which is the most entertaining preseason game <laughs> I think I've like ever seen. It must have been electric there. The worst part about that game <laughs> was that Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky also played fine. That was the that was the my least favorite part because Kenny Pickett and George Pickens are the damn future. <laughs> in Pittsburgh. There is a sea change. Craig, folks. Love it. Big winners. Massive winners. I, Pickens is a bigger winner. Well, he is. 100% is. I believe yeah. Pickens more than I believe Pickett. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Also, this is going to be cool, but also kind of annoying. Pickett, Pickens. For I know. Pickett to Pickens is kind of funny, but uh, Pickens I, it literally just looks like he should be starting on an NFL team. Yeah, he looks like a 10-year vet. He looks he like looks AJ so Green good. out there. He had an, <laughs> he had an immaculate thirty yard touchdown in the quarter of the end zone. Dragged yep. his feet, toe in the corner. Looks awesome. He had a sick block where he just like threw the cornerback to the ground. He's got the attitude of a number one and yeah. already plays like it. Deontay and Chase Claypool got to watch their backs because it's going to be hard to keep Pickens off the field. I really feel that way. Based on everything you heard in training camp too, this is only like validating everything you're hearing about practice, where he has like one massive catch every practice. He's been the star of camp. It's just the steady, steady drumbeat of positive, positive, positive reports every day. He's just built day. like a number one. He's he's big. He's got super long arms. I mean, if it wasn't for that injury, what in March 2021, whenever he got hurt, he would have been a first, he could have been the first wide receiver taken in the draft. He was a five star recruit. He was on track, like you said, to be like a, a first round pick. For everybody like predicting before the injury would have said he's going to be a first round pick. There's a lot of people even after the injury that said he's still one of the most talented uh, receivers in this class. There was just some question marks about like, I guess his attitude off, off field stuff. I don't even really know. They never really specified what these off field concerns were, uh, you know, from the teams. But I think he's already showing he's a first round talent. Right. Cause Jamison Williams tore his ACL, what, in the national championship or the game before? Yeah. I can't remember. And he went in the first round. Nobody had a problem with that, even though he right. definitely wasn't playing in his rookie season or at least the first half of it. Pickens is likely going to be healthy. So you're right. It must have been more off field than injury concerns. But Where would once you again, take Pickens this year? Like overall? Yes. I, I just did my rankings again, and he's rising. I, right now, I think I have him in like the, the the Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Garrett Wilson category. I think he deserves to be in there. So what is it? What is it? Like a hundredth, basically? Uh, like one tens? Hundred, hundred tens? I think that makes sense. There's a world where he is, and like Craig said this, but there's a world where he just straight up passes Deontay Johnson and, and Claypool in terms of like the hierarchy of the passing game, right? Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, is that it, it makes the quarterback situation re really seeing like the, the assets that the Steelers have offensively. Like they actually might have the best wide receiver running back combo in the league, and it's a bummer to think that this quarterback situation could be ugly for 
two, three years. If Trubisky plays this year and Pickett doesn't really work out, that's why it was so refreshing to see Pickett at least be competent. He didn't light the world on fire. He played well <laughs> within the structure. He seemed more athletic than I yeah. thought he was. He was making a lot of short Ben Roethlisberger-like throws. It's not yes. like the offense looked that different and he was gunning it, but he seemed comfortable and confident and calm, which was refreshing considering everything he was we in had command. heard. Yes, yeah, he, he just like actually seemed comfortable out there and was just like playing. And he scrambled a couple times and looked good. He made every throw. He didn't have any glaring mistakes. And although it was against like the second and third team defense, it, it's a huge positive sign based on like the catastrophe that like the first week and a half of training camp reported. <laughs> so yeah. DK, have you considered that maybe the Seahawks defense just sucks? Oh, believe me. Craig, or hyphens, this was the first thing I considered. Uh, as <laughs> That's the first thing like I the thought of. first thing I thought of. <laughs> I mean, when Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett are all, like, really solid, Holy maybe it's the shit. defense. Well, this is the thing is, like, we've been, I've been talking a lot about, to people about, like, the Seahawks over-under. It's five and a half right now, or at oh, least it was last time I checked. And I, and I was like, there's no way they lose, or there's no way they don't win, like, six games. Like, to me, that just seems like the absolute floor for the Seahawks. They've, they've never, in the peak era, era they've won, like, seven-plus games every season, like, like, they're they're going to go 0-6 in the division, probably. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Craig, I'm getting to this. Now I'm a little bit like, oh, God, maybe you should hammer the under because their defense <laughs> looked bad. I was kind of expecting the defense to be, like, slightly more improved from last year. There's going to be some, like, ascending guys on this defense, but they couldn't fucking tackle. They sucked. It was terrible. They couldn't stop anything against, it, like, the three Steelers quarterbacks who we just, like, have been panning all off. Anthony McFarlane was dicing them up. <laughs> the Steelers is a team, 26 of 37, which is, like, 70% completion, 125 passer rating, all three of them threw a touchdown. Yeah, and I can't tough. stress this enough. That's Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett <laughs> doing that. Yeah, so anyways. Mason uh, Rudolph was the guy, and I will say, Trubisky, getting them starter reps. Well, yeah. I mean, you, did we think that he wasn't going to start? I'm just saying. I will say, I think Kenny Pickett looked really good. He did. He did look very good. I, I will, I'll admit that my um, zero Pickett thoughts for this season waned He's a, a gamer. Bit. Some people just play better in the game. He's got Although Mason in Rudolph, veins. he's the one who threw the touchdown to Pickens. Don't you forget. That's a nice throw. Okay. Oh, my God. This, this Rudolph storyline is going to kill me. He actually did look pretty good, though. No. <laughs> God, if anybody watched him last year playing real NFL football, he was a disaster. It's terrible. Him in that Lions game was was one of the worst games I've seen by a quarterback. That yeah. was the worst football game I, th I, I can remember in a long time. It went time. overtime. It was awful. The Steelers are involved in two of those because I think the other worst game I've ever seen in the NFL was the... Um, Remember that Dolphins-Steelers Monday Night Football game that was three to nothing because the Dolphins had just redone their turf? And it was like they messed it up. And so the final, the, the top two inches of topsoil just became mud because it rained. And so, like, they did a punt and the ball landed halfway in the ground. It didn't bounce. <laughs> like and it was fucking, three nothing. Like World That's, War One bomb that got stuck yeah, in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some farmer in France just finds it like 100 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Other than that, worst game I've seen. I got another winner for you guys. Hit me. All right. So, first of all, he didn't actually do anything all that special, but the fact is he played the first seven snaps with the first-team offense. He's the clear-cut clear starter, and I'm talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Chiefs. Mm. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, who is a seventh-round rookie that we've been talking about a little bit over the last few weeks, he's been like a star of camp. He came in, and he was the second guy out there for this team, and he looks like he's going to be the backup. And then Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon didn't even come in until they were like with the second team. So these guys, to me, seem like they're way behind. All this is to say, like, it really feels like Clyde is the clear-cut starter for this team, and that's really huge for him um, because there was some worries here coming in that, like, Jarek McKinnon was going to easily take his job, that Ronald Jones was going to take his job. The fact that Pache uh, Pacheco is ahead of both of those guys, to me, is a good sign for Clyde Ed Edwards-Hilaire that he's going to be, like, the main guy in this offense. And I thought it was interesting because, and, and Nate Tice pointed this out on Twitter, the Chiefs in uh, their sets that they were using in the preseason game, again, you can't really take too much from the preseason, but... They seem to be running heavier, more condensed sets. Um, it seems like they're kind of getting back to basics. They're going to probably try and run the ball a little bit more this year than they were last year. Obviously, they traded Tyreek Hill, so trying to replace a guy like Tyreek Hill in your offense is pretty damn impossible. Maybe this means that they're going to philosophically change a little bit and try to adapt. And and I guess just Andy Reid going back to his bread and butter from you know the pre-Mahomes era. Uh, so that could be really good for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, too, who is, I think, just a better fit for that type of offense. So... Everything that we saw this this week, this weekend, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was positive. I think obviously he didn't do anything that all that special, um, just but the scheme and like the way that they used him, the fact that he was in there for the first, you know, I think seven snaps of Mahomes 
is is all a good sign for him. Also, it looks as though the Chiefs are only going to keep three running backs, which means McKinnon or Ronald Jones is going to get cut. Yeah, that's what that's the word is, and and Ronald Jones I think has like very little guaranteed money. So the contract kind of tells you there that he's definitely expendable part of this this rotation. I think Rojo it, it will get cut. I completely agree on Clyde. I think Clyde is one of that small handful of guys that is staring, kind of hiding in plain sight, and I'm very afraid of being wrong about because yeah. Yeah. Basically, I think everyone was really high up on Clyde, including us, and that he wasn't as good and everyone's like out on him. He's still 23 years old. And if he's great in retrospect, you're like, oh, well, all right, bumpy rookie season. And then sophomore year, he had gallbladder surgery and then wasn't that good. And then like, oh, he, like the going back to the style that fits him, as you said, DK, the thing that I think is important to remember, I know I've said this before, I don't care. Andy Reid has had like three bad offenses in 22 years as head coach. <laughs> right. Like right. literally... Like before, obviously they've been really good with Mahomes, but before Mahomes got there, they ranked sixth, thirteenth, ninth, sixteenth, and then he had bad year with the Eagles. He was twenty ninth. Before that, eighth, third, fifth, sixth, seventeenth, sixth. Like Andy Reid has basically been in the top quarter of his NFL career for his op for points scored in like more than half the seasons as a coach. They're always good. Yeah, Clyde is younger than Isaiah Pacheco. That's the thing. Everyone's <laughs> really? out on Clyde, and oh, it's like he's it's, he's he's twenty three years old. So I think that the Isaiah Pacheco thing, I'm like, kind of missed me with that. Clyde is Clyde is going to be the guy for the Chiefs this year, and if anything, maybe we should consider moving him up. I know. I thought Nate Tice's stuff about the the Chiefs' offense and like changing the formations and going a little bit heavier was interesting. So we have Clyde right now at do 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 sixty nine. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Should, we got. We should. I think I'm going to bump that up. <laughs> Okay. Got to bump the rookie numbers, so we got to bump that up. Those are rookie numbers. We need to move him above guys like David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell. And Elijah Mitchell uh, pulled his hamstring, actually, so he's going to miss all the pre all the preseason, which is Love great. to see so, that. Yeah. yeah. Love when that happens to the running backs. Just I'm telling you, folks, just hammer every single Niners cheap running back. Just draft <laughs> them all. Draft Trey Sermon. Yes. Well, on that note, the NFL Week 1 odds are out, and now's the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook if you haven't already. Get in on the action early this season. Right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Craig, what is the line on Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushing touchdowns this year? The over-under on FanDuel for Clyde's rushing touchdowns in 2022 is four and a half? Is Give it me really? that over. Wait, yes. what? <laughs> are you serious? Four and a half. Yes. Okay, we're going to have to. Okay, well, that's... That's he could have that. Okay. If somebody said that, like, that's the line for the first half of the season, I might take the over. <laughs> We're going to do, we'll, we'll discuss that after the show. Go to FanDuel, just sign up using our promo code, Ringer Fantasy. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using our promo code, Ringer Fantasy. To get started with the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, use our promo code Ringer Fantasy. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342-1888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. That was your best one yet. It's like watching Jordan in his prime. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. We can let people behind the curtain a little bit. So last episode on Friday, we didn't read the ad live. I read the FanDuel ad after we recorded and I put it in, you know, as I was editing. And my friend, Ryan, texted me. He was like, I can't believe nobody congratulated you after you nailed the disclaimer. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, first of all, we re I read it after the fact, so that's why they couldn't congratulate me. And I was like, secondly, I screwed up like four times and I had to edit all those out <laughs> so they couldn't congratulate me. So we're always being honest. Heifetz actually nailed that. You'll never know because I would edit it otherwise, but we'll let you know if he doesn't nail it and he nailed that one. I, uh, I live for the pressure. <laughs> You're a gamer, like pick it. Wow. Yeah, Craig and I both just start like leaning in. Like, <laughs> God, is he going to do it? Is he well, really going to do it? good at like other things. <laughs> That'd be cool. 
Anyway, okay. Well, I love that Clyde bet. Yeah, the Clyde. We're gonna we're gonna do the Clyde four and bet. a half gonna, touchdowns is crazy. That's and crazy. Minus one twelve are the odds too. Like they weren't favored in one direction. I like it. <laughs> All right, DK, give me a loser. <laughs> All right, Antonio Gibson from the Commanders. Mm. Rough training camp, rough weekend for him. Uh, first off, he came in. He did, I think, start the game with the starters, with the ones, but he fumbled and was immediately replaced Ugh. by Brian Robinson, the third-round rookie um, out of Alabama. A lot of people are very high on him, kind of just think he's a more natural, skilled, experienced running back, like actual running back, because as we've said a million times, Antonio Gibson was a receiver in college. So asking him to go out and be like a early down grinding running back, maybe was like too big of an ask for for Washington. Um, so Gibson fumbled, he got benched. Robinson came in, replaced him, and then worse yet, Gibson went back in with the twos. And by the way, was replaced on third down. So not only was he now running with the second team, he wasn't run, he wasn't playing on like the most valuable passing downs and getting like passing work and all that stuff. So it's just not looking good for Antonio Gibson right now. Like I, my confidence in him has like gone down every day in the last like month. I just like I understand that he's talented. I understand that he's explosive, but every single other sign is pointing to him like getting replaced, like straight up just getting replaced by Brian Robinson. Coaching staff's not a fan of Antonio Gibson, as far as I can tell. And again, it's like this two front battle. Like, like when he's in danger, when he's probably going to lose the passing work and might lose the short yarders work. So he's going to get vultured for touchdowns and not catching passes. It's like, that's the worst version of a running back to take. And yeah. it's kind of like dead space. It's not that if you take Antonio Gibson, the sky's going to fall and brimstone will rain upon you. It's more just like there are so other many other players around wherever you're going to take him that could just have much higher upside that I just don't think I'll have Antonio Gibson on any of my teams this year. I mean, there, there's a world in which Gibson just smashes and totally makes us look like idiots, but like I legitimately can't see any good signs for, for what he's done this offseason. Especially, I think Washington's going to be terrible. At the end of the day, like, I that don't doesn't think help this either. will be a good offense. And so it's just like, especially if he doesn't have the passing work, it's like, oh, cool, you're going to be the lead back on what is It's just every part of this is bad. So, can we play? Can we play the ugly running back name game? So, Heifetz, would you rather have Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs? You know what's so funny is I've been so down on Jacobs, but at least Josh Jacobs is the running back for an offense that will probably be good and in a lot of high scoring. So I nah, <laughs> no, I would take Gibson over Jacobs. <laughs> I hate Josh Jacobs. Uh, I would take after this weekend, I would take Gibson probably. Or sorry, I would take Jacobs over Gibson. Even because, by the way, Jacobs didn't play. In this last game, at least I don't think so. He didn't register any stats. Um, so that's a good sign, right? Because like they're resting him or whatever. They're just going to like play their backups. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the vibes are just so bad for Gibson right now. <laughs> for Josh Jacobs, the Raiders, it seems like Amir Abdullah is going to have the James White role because Josh yeah. McDaniels came from New England. So in a weird way, that's almost, it's not good for Josh Jacobs, but it's I think that it's not terrible that if Josh Jacobs is the main guy, Amir Abdullah's pass catching work, and then Amir White's just kind of rotating in, and then maybe Kenyon Drake like gets cut. That's almost like better for Josh Jacobs. So yeah, right. that's, screw it. I'll, I'll take Jacobs, even though I hate okay. him. Uh, on the other hand, there was a running back winner this weekend. This is a guy that we've been hyping up since like literally the draft. We I love, love this, this guy. Dude. This is uh, this podcast's favorite running back, Damian Pierce. This podcast is brought to you by Damian Pierce. <laughs> should we read a Damian Pierce ad right now? <laughs> we should just make fake ads for players we like. Fucking love this guy, Damian Pierce. He is everything I dreamed he'd be in more in this first preseason game, man. He just looks awesome. Of course, he didn't run with starters, so that is a big red flag. He came in with the second team. Marlon Mack played in front of him. Uh, Darian Gubin Wale actually played in front of him, too, which is, of course, not a great sign. Um, However, Pierce like looked leaps and bounds infinitely like miles better than any of these other guys. He was incredible. He was like explosive, breaking tackles, running extremely fierce style, like beast mode style. He just looked awesome. Um, also, all the other guys in Houston are so old. They're too so old. old. So yeah. old. It's like when you have an old man pickup game and then like someone's like son comes. And it's to give like a 20 something, like running with all these guys in their 50s. And it's like, oh, they're just shit. so spry and like fast. Yeah. He's also got like some, he's got a great personality. He kind of has like Jamal Williams vibes. He's kind of funny. Yeah. He's charismatic. Yeah. He's talking about how he wanted to sprinkle a little bit of magic in there during the game. And he doesn't run with good <laughs> intentions. Love this guy. Yeah, also, let's be real Damian Pierce. It's like a superhero name. Great name. Yeah. Damian Pierce is an incredible name. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think honestly, it just feels like a, a matter of time until he is the starter. Like he is that much. He's just clearly that much better than the other guys on this team. Here's my question. How valuable is that? Like I, I, if you're in a dynasty league, cool. Take Damian Pierce. How valuable? I, I genuinely mean this because I can't figure it out myself. How valuable is being the best running back on the Houston Texans? Like his, his, the good version of him and like if this offense takes a big jump which i think it could like if davis mills ends up being better than people think he is this offensive line they put uh they invested in this offensive line in the offseason um there's a world in which this offense increases to like or, or it's like just like a maybe a league average offense or something like that like that would be a pretty big jump for them um but that would make i think damian pierce like an rp2 type player if he gets especially if he's getting goal line looks, which he seems like the type of guy you'd give goal line looks to because he's going to run through a motherfucker's face uh, at the goal line. <laughs> I don't know. Like, to me, this just... His upside is definitely as, like, an RB2, and he's getting drafted in, like, the hundreds right now. Like, it's crazy. You can get him for basically free. His ADP is going to jump as we go towards the season, I think. People are going to be more excited about him, maybe because of this podcast, but just because of the way he runs, the way... the What, what he does in these preseason games, people are going to be like, why... Is he not like 30 or 40 spots higher? Yeah, I mean, how many touches realistically do you think he could get per game in the in the second half of the season? Like 13 to 15? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. And, th- and that would be really hu- huge for him. And he's, by the way, he's good in the passing game too. Like he, I think he's got the ability to play in the passing game, um, which is of course really huge and half PPR and PPR. So um, I don't know, man. He's like, again, we've been talking about, we're probably biased at this point because we loved him before the draft. We talked about him during the draft period. Well, again, um, the preseason only matters if it confirms your biases. And he looked great. So we're like, yeah. all right, really that's important why, That's exactly why I wanted to give the disclaimer that right now, currently, he's not the team starter. Uh, There's that's just important. nobody in front of him. Marlon yeah. Mack and Rex Burkhead. <laughs> right. I, I would find it impossible if he's not the starter in the second half of the season. I don't know how that wouldn't happen. Yeah, longtime Texans reporter John McClain even tweeted this the other day. He was like, if... If Damian Pierce is not the starter for the Texans, the Texans are just simply not playing their best players. I'm like, yeah, way to put it. <laughs> okay, winner Damian Pierce. Give us another loser. Uh, again, this is this is hurting me because I really liked him pre in like a pre-draft in the preseason process. But Traylon Burks uh, did not get the start with the Titans. Uh, was a he was playing with the second and third team. He ended up playing into the fourth quarter, which is an atrociously bad sign for any rookie. Uh, especially a first-round rookie. It's bad for any first- or second-round rookie. Like, yeah, almost yeah. no second-round rookies play into the fourth quarter of preseason games. Uh, by the way, uh, not Mitch Trubisky, but uh, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett played into the fourth quarter, so I don't know. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. But, yeah, Traylon Burks playing into the fourth quarter, horrific, horrific sign that he's not going to be a starter to start the year. Um, I think that there's a little bit of the Kyle Shanahan school of coaching happening here where they're trying to light a, light a fire under his ass because he came into OTAs out of shape. Um, it sounds like he's been really accountable, but coaches are talking about him being consistent, practicing hard, getting in shape. They played him literally for like three quarters during their first preseason game, which again, like that doesn't happen for highly drafted guys usually. So all signs are bad. Tons of terrible, terrible vibes around Burks. I still love the guy. I think he's really talented. But you cannot, you simply cannot ignore the things that are happening for the Titans right now with Traylon Burks. It's just really bad. I think the Titans scare me as a team. You have Ryan Tannehill and like they can say whatever they want. But I think that it's always a thing to keep in mind when the Titans season ends with Tannehill basically bookending their playoff loss with picks to the Bengals. And either one of them, if he didn't throw, the Bengals probably lose and the Titans move on. And then the Titans basically make the decision to not move Tannehill's money around. Basically, the Titans kept the option to cut Tannehill after the season. Like, they can cut him, they can trade him. So, this is very much an audition year. So, if things go rough, everyone knows this. Everyone knows that they're they're not going to talk about it, but there are stakes this season. This Titans iteration might get blown up with Tannehill if they don't do well. And so, with that, it's like the sword of Damocles looming over the season. Now, the Traylon Burks, who everyone's like, oh, he's like A.J. Brown. I'm just going to replace A.J. Brown? Okay, cool. Right. I love Robert Woods. I love Bobby Trees. He's coming in. But, like, I, I it really scares me that you're going to have, like, Bobby Trees and um, Traylon Burks, who maybe not even starting, or Nick Westbrook-Akini, who's like a seventh-round guy, in lieu of, like, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones last year. And then like Derrick Henry coming back. And I'm like, this offense, I know that they've kind of been better than we thought for like four years in a row, but I really kind of think the Titans are on the, on the ropes here. And I don't really know how much 
I want to invest in a team that I really am afraid could like go off a cliff this year. Number one seed in the AFC. My voice cracked. I was so incredulous about that. Yeah, I can't wait for them to go 13 and four. And we're like, well, that's the Titans. (laughs) The irony is too, if if he had not thrown that pick, then that we're all talking with Titans, nine sacks. What a D-line. Incredible. Yeah. Also, Heifetz, I appreciate you not even mentioning Austin Hooper when discussing. (laughs) Craig's preschool uh, nemesis. What was it? Middle school? High school? College? Middle school. He middle dunked game. on Craig in when they dunk. were in high school. <laughs> and then the YouTube video went viral. And <laughs> it was and that and it, it almost made yeah. sports. It was my super it. villain origin story. It's why yeah. I am who I am now. No, we played middle school baseball. So yeah. in your murals as well. You should see therapy. You should see. Yeah. It seems like you're not over this totally. Well. Who got the last laugh? He's in the NFL. <laughs> I got a podcast. <laughs> Wow, one of those is forever. He cut a touchdown in the Super Bowl. We have a top 10 sports show on Spotify, so. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, otherwise, Drake London. Potato, potato. Talk about not playing in the NFL. Uh, Drake <laughs> London has a knee issue, so he's pro- he didn't play the Falcons. Rece- he was the first receiver taken in the draft for Atlanta, but he's missing the preseason pro- with a knee injury. Probably back for week one. I would check on it. DK, does it change anything for you? I don't love when a rookie's missing no, like three weeks. I mean, yeah, it's not practice. great. He, he caught a pass. Did a little run after the catch, and then it looked like he got tackled, or he fell hard on his knee. It just looked like he banged it real hard. We, I don't think we've seen the official prognosis yet, but it didn't seem like the team didn't seem like they were too worried about it. So. I know. Bang. I feel like I banged my knee the other day on like my coffee table, and it's like, oh, that's shit good. hurts, man. Banged um, his knee. Just it says Drake London parentheses banged knee is out <laughs> for a couple weeks. He has a boo boo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always wanted to like when players get hurt. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, dude, I know how it feels. Like, dude, I stubbed my. <laughs> I, I, the athletes, dude, I totally get it. Also, I have a note for people who are drafting in the next two weeks about Drake London. This presents a very specific opportunity to get great value out of a guy who is not is in no jeopardy of losing his spot as the number one receiver on this team and has the talent to be you know, a great fantasy asset this year. Do not be afraid. Even if he misses week one and like isn't ready for week one, draft mm-hmm. him as if he's healthy or maybe you can wait like one round, but everyone is afraid when they see the little hospital sign next to a player in their draft and it says, oh, he's nursing a knee injury. Try to avoid all that. Like, oh, I hate that. It feels, it feels, t- it feels bad when you, it when feels you bad, but it's such a psychological impact. <laughs> yeah, that little, that little red that. cross sign has. You got to plow through it. He'll be fine <laughs> by like week two or three and he'll be great. And some guy will have gotten him for a dollar. I agree completely. This sounds more like your draft. You regret not getting him because you passed on him. He did go for a dollar when I couldn't get him <laughs> and I was annoyed. But th- it was a perfect example of like the psychological factor at play there. Cool. I'm excited to cut to like a month from now when Drake London has no timetable to return and Craig's just like, look, guys. <laughs> well, I'm only no, saying that fine. because the reports are is that he's he going to be, be cheap fine. anyway. No, Who he'll cares? be fine. He'll be fine. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. I want to play our new game here, which is uh, who that is. Who that is? Which is a little check-in on other guys who were winners for preseason. <laughs> the Wayne but Jones that, Award. Yeah, exactly. For <laughs> guys that you might not know who they are. <laughs> oh, so, that's good. Uh, start, I want to start here. Romeo Dobbs for the Packers, because remember that rookie wide receiver the Packers drafted to help Aaron Rodgers? Because this is like the other guy. You're right. This is not Christian Watson, the guy they traded up in the second round to get. This is the fourth rounder out of Nevada. Of all places. Watson uh, is off pup now, by the way. Ooh, that's exciting. So. Um, no, I think just Romeo Dobbs' is, <laughs> is incredible preseason just continues. He scored a touchdown in the team's first preseason game. He looked pretty good. Uh, he had a couple rookie-looking plays also. Um, but the fact that he's like beating coverage and getting downfield, 
he scored this touchdown from a slot fade. It was really cool. Uh, obviously showing some some chemistry with Jordan Love, which th- wouldn't matter this year. But like all the signs are really good for him actually being a contributor in year one. We talked about how rare it is for fourth round rookies to come in and like contribute. But who the fuck else is going to catch passes in this offense is the question. So um, the drumbeat continues. Like he just looked he looked good in preseason week one. He was with the starters, and so I don't know. All positive things for him. I like it. Someone's got to catch passes in Green Bay. <laughs> Somebody. Would you take Romeo this is Dobbs the anywhere? MVP. That's the difference here. I think like this would is a good do, quarterback. Would you take Romeo Dobbs in anywhere other than just like the last spot in your bench? Not earlier than that, but like basically, is that what you're talking about? Just yeah, throw the last bench spot to him. Yeah, I think still you probably have to play the odds and think like Lazard is going to be the main guy there, and then you can just take a guy like Dobbs kind of late in your draft, maybe the last second last pick or whatever, whatever it is. But I, I think yeah, right now I'm still being cautious about this and like he, he's more of a sleeper than like a guy that I'm heavily heavily targeting does that make if sense if Sammy Watkins makes the roster would you rather have him or Dobbs I'd rather take Dobbs <laughs> I think I have Dobbs ranked higher just straight up <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in Watkins really to be honest give me Watkins all day alright alright another winner here DK another another who that is uh, Tyquan Thornton for the Patriots so Full disclosure, Bill Simmons has texted me several times about this guy. He loves this guy, and I get it. He's a Patriots I always thought receiver. Tyquan Thornton, he's the guy who ran the 40-yard dash, and we thought it broke the combine record, right? And then it turned out that the timer was off. <laughs> yeah. By like what, what, what did he run? Second. Like a 4-1? He, he ran like a 419 or something, like which is yeah. the best ever. And they're like, uh, actually, it was a 427. Sorry. Because the guy operating the clock for NFL Network, it was his first year doing the clock for TV. Oh, yeah. No, I remember Just that. me remembers this? Yeah, I remember this. We were at, yeah, we watched this. We were like, yeah. holy shit. Like everyone was we were freaking like, Whoa. out. Yeah. I saw Mike Tomlin watch Chris Olave and he we thought Chris Olave ran a four two five. And I saw Mike Tomlin just like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? But anyway, I always we thought that's how by the way, we were in a restaurant. We saw him in a restaurant. This wasn't like on TV. Um, I yeah. always thought that I, that's how I'd remember Tyquan no Thornton. And instead, I will remember Tyquan <laughs> Thornton as the Patriots receiver that Bill just keeps texting us about and saying, he loves him. Th- this is the guy. He's going to break the streak for the pass receivers. In Bill's defense, like every report coming out of, of Patriots camp, though, is like said, he looks really good. He's been making plays. Um, he's got obviously incredible, incredible speed, but like he's also making plays, like going up and making tough catches. The question always with these speed guys is like, one, can they separate? Number two, can they catch? And he's looking capable of both those things. I still think it's probably a little bit of an uphill battle for him to break into the starting lineup because he's got some veterans in front of him right now, but he has been playing at times with the ones. So he's just a guy, again, it's just a flyer, but he's a guy to keep in mind on, uh, keep an eye on later. He scored a touchdown in the preseason game. Okay. Another guy that I would say is like the last spot on your bench, but a high upside one, which is kind of the point here. Uh, yeah. One more DK, another preseason who that is. So this is the last guy. And the only reason I want to bring him up is because we haven't talked about this really. Like, who is the handcuff for a top five, top seven pick in Najee Harris? Like, who's the handcuff here? Um, I guess right now it's looking like Anthony McFarland would be the guy. He's the one who started for the, uh, the Steelers in this preseason game. There's some people that think Benny Snell could be the guy. He's been hurt, though, I believe. He's not He's not even practicing right now. Mm-hmm. So that's a concern. Um, basically... I th- I do think there is value in trying to figure out who's going to be the number two in this offense because if if Najee Harris went down, it'd be really helpful to have this guy as the last person on your bench. And the guy who I think is making like a push to be the number two here, undrafted free agent Jalen Warren, who again probably never heard of him, uh, not really like a lot of buzz in the pre-draft process, but he's looked really good. He had a really good blitz pickup in this game. He had a catch where he like broke a bunch of tackles. He's kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, and I think he's been making a lot of noise in camp. It's not just like in this one game, he looked good. He, he's he been sort of having consistent buzz throughout the last few weeks. And he was running with the ones apparently in practice today. So he is a guy to keep in mind. I still think it's probably Anthony McFarland as the as the real handcuff here. But keep an eye on Jalen Warren. Okay, DK, you have last spot on your bench. And you crush your draft. You want an upside. Last spot on your bench for upside. Do you want Roby Dobbs for the Packers? Do you want Tyquan Thornton for the Pats? Or do you want Jalen Warren for the Steelers? Dobbs. Going Dobbs. No hesitation. Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to briefly unretire one of our favorite <laughs> segments. We did all NFL draft show. We did two jargons and a lie, which was a very popular format for a lot of people. And we retired that because Ben Solak was not here with us. However, we are briefly unretiring it. And we're going to do two preseason standouts and a lie. 
because as DK watched all these preseason games and starts texting us about random people, I decided that these people were fake. And so DK, I have asked you to give us two random dudes from the preseason that really impressed you. But I also asked you to make up one of them. There's nothing DK loves more than a seventh rounder who has a great third quarter in week one of the preseason. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know what? This guy works really hard. He could make like a practice squad. This is what I live for, Craig. This is why I'm like a degenerate watching fucking preseason in an August weekend. Jalen like Warren. beautiful out. And I'm watching, I'm like watching fourth quarter. There's look, I understand that like all the players are playing for their jobs and it's like very important to them. There's nothing sadder to me than fourth quarter of preseason week one. Like it's, that's a wasteland of just worst episode of hard knocks is the cut episode. <laughs> Skip that one. Yeah. Um, all right, here. So let's give us game. give us a little lightning round, like elevator pitch on three all guys, right. and Craig and I will see if we can figure out who's fake. This is a man named Julius Chestnut. Oh hell! Running back for the Titans, <laughs> got the start for the Titans in this last game. Looked pretty damn good. Was breaking tackles. Could he be the true Derrick Henry handcuff going into this next year? Number two, receiver Isaiah Adams for the Bears. Really flashed in the game against the Chiefs this week. Caught four passes for 67 yards, had a touchdown. It was called back, but it looked pretty good anyway. Uh, it didn't really matter because, like, look, you're just looking at traits. You're looking at what it does on the field. Number three, wide receiver Lance McCutcheon of the Rams. This man went freaking bananas. Lance McCutcheon? Five catches, 87 yards, two touchdowns. People were freaking out about it. And this just is building on more and more tramp, uh, Katie Tramp. Training camp hype. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe there's something here. Maybe he's he ends up being like the number three in this offense. You never know. Things weirder things have happened. Victor Cruz came out of nowhere. Yes, yes, he did. I always, I always think. Here's of, my every Victor time Cruz I want his reference. There yes. was another guy too, wasn't it? Vincent Brown or something had like a huge preseason. Everybody thought he was going to be good. Remember him? <laughs> Wait, so there's okay. a lot of guys that have good preseasons that everyone thought was going to be good and then never did anything in the NFL. To be clear, but. So one of these guys is fake. Julius Chestnut, Isaiah Adams, or Lance McCutcheon. You made one of these guys up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Isaiah Adams is fake. Well, okay. here's... The, so I remember like, when Nikhil Harry got traded to the Bears, I read the list of Bears receivers and I compared them to <laughs> actors it. from Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And I don't remember an Isaiah because I remember trying to cross-reference. Also, the way he talked about Lance McCutcheon sounded like people were going crazy, which means DK was seeing it on Twitter. So I bet Lance McCutcheon's real. McCutcheon is spelled... In kind of an untraditional way, it's E O N is the end of McCutcheon. DK's not making that Fucking up. Fucking Sherlock Holmes here. Man. Oh, and the Google Doc. You're right. It's not spelled like Andrew McCutcheon. No, he would have spelled it normally. McCutcheon. Wow. Okay, yeah. you're right. All right, so McCutcheon's <laughs> so it's Julius Chestnut. Watch wow, Julius. Well, no, that doesn't sound real. I couldn't though. make up the name Julius Chestnut if I tried. <laughs> I'm not that creative. It's okay, Isaiah. Yeah, Adams. Adams. It's gotta be there Isaiah. we go. You're right. All right. Wow. Right. Is he fake? You fuckers. The reason I made it uh, that he was a receiver on the Bears is because no one fucking knows who the receiver on the Bears are. That's <laughs> and why I randomly I went the through Bears. the list, yeah. Foiled. Foisted on my own petard. Petard. <laughs> How do you say that? Petard. 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 like Picard? Petard. What is a petard? It's where you, it's, it, it's like I don't a know. bomb. It's, it's where you self-inflicted wound is what yeah. I'm trying to say here. So you okay. fall on like a grenade. That's from Shakespeare. I don't think it's a grenade. By your own petard. No, it's like a sword. Yeah. Or a spear. So stab with your if own knife. If you Google petard, it says a small bomb made of a metal or wooden box filled with powder used to blast down a door. What? No. That's what? the modern Were there bombs in Shakespeare times? Did they have bombs? <laughs> look they, up the, they didn't look have up bombs, the expression. Did they? they have gunpowder back then? No, I don't know. Well, the Chinese invented gunpowder. I don't think it made it to England. Were those brothers that invented the machine gun in England? <gasps> Hoisted with his own petard is a phrase. So I said foisted. That's not even right. Hoisted. The Gatling brothers, obviously. They're just making up words. Bill Shakespeare. Hoisted by your own petard. Is a, yeah, it's a speech in Hamlet. Oh, it is a bomb. A bomb maker is uh, lifted off the ground with his own bomb. <laughs> oh, well, it, it, it dates back to the 16th century. There were bombs in 16th century. What? God, we're idiots. Can anyone who knows more about this than us three morons Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com and tell us if Willie Shakespeare Times had bombs because I'm so rattled right now. This just changes my whole worldview about hoisting someone up with their own petard. I did not know that. Um, 
anyway, so oh, you, so you guys. Oh yeah, you know they actually wait. No, I did learn about this because they used to build castles with the straight walls. But once they invented explosives, that's why you get the um. Oh, what's it called? The the the, the part that juts out on the castle wall because that makes it structurally more sound if part of the wall's knocked down. But there I thought that go. was just for like like trebuchets and stuff. Man, do you think anyone's yeah. still listening to this? We're podcast? in the we're in the woods. I'm now, barely guys. listening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig, for still listening. Um, thank you, Damian Pierce. Thank you to Willie Shakespeare. Thank you to the Petard people who I don't know. Yeah, whatever they did. Hoist foisting, hoisting. I don't know. Thank you, Lord. Lauren. Thank you, Drake. Have I ever done Drake? Yes, because Definitely. I believe Twice. we made you name Drake songs and you couldn't yeah. name it then. you could can you still can you name a drake song now i doubt that's changed no no get him one drake song I, he's like the second most streamed artist in like the I'm world telling you i don't know the names of songs can you sing a drake chorus uh no not he can't he just doesn't want to not off the top of my head also i'm not singing all right different we you got to give us a different artist though dig deep oh uh shit let's see here band of horses you know what would be awesome if it turned Probably. out that he's been adding in fake bands throughout the entire like time that we never noticed. You guys would never know. Band of Horses from Seattle. They're not from Seattle. It says American uh, rock band formed in 2004 in Seattle, Washington. Actually, it's from Hamlet. I thought they were like from Georgia or something. Well, all right. Goodbye, everyone.